6: and my guest this hour, and I appreciate that song that they just played. Thanks very much, Craig. Speaking about my guest this hour, ExoNation, Mark Nesbitt is our special guest, and Mark was a National Park Service Ranger historian for five years at Gettysburg before starting his research and writing company. Living in Gettysburg has given him a unique insider perspective from which to write his popular Ghosts of Gettysburg series. He has authored over 20 books spanning several genres, including the paranormal, history, and true crime, with a (laughs) paranormal twist, of course. Mark has been seen on the History Channel, A&E, the Discovery Channel, the uh, Travel Channel, Unsolved Mysteries, regional television shows, and heard on radio shows over the many years. Joining me now is Mark Nesbitt. And Mark, welcome back to the X-Zone.
7: Hi, thanks, Rob. Good talking to you again.
6: Wow. You've, uh, you're certainly a busy man, and um, I, I guess I'd like to take you down memory lane a bit. For our many listeners who have joined us since you were last with us, Mark, tell us how you got interested in the paranormal, ghosts, and Gettysburg.
7: Okay, well, you know, like I, I guess I was always interested in ghosts, like everybody is, you know, when you're a little kid, you mm-hmm. watch uh, movies on TV and you get interested, but it really kind of kind of struck me when I, we started going to Gettysburg as, as tourists. My parents took me to, to Gettysburg, and I guess I was about 14 or 15, and I asked one of the cute lifeguards at the uh, swimming pool there where we were staying, you know, are there any ghosts at Gettysburg? And she, yeah, she had a, one or two stories, but, you know, nothing really, you know, has been clicked or anything or scary sure. and everything. And it wasn't until I actually worked for the National Park Service there that, and lived in some of the houses. I was the bachelor of the Park Service at the time, so mm-hmm. they uh, moved me around quite a bit. You know those pretty houses out on the battlefield. The park rangers lived in those, and so I got moved around, and weird things started happening in those houses, which are you know basically where the fighting was. And um, so uh, I, ca- I think I casually mentioned it one time in uh, in the coffee room that I'd heard a baby crying in the National Cemetery Lodge. And my colleagues were like, okay, whoa, well, you got to stop for a second and talk to such-and-such such. Mm-hmm. Um, who lived in there before. So I talked to that person. Sure enough, they had had exactly the same experience. And uh, hearing a baby crying. And it, it happened that in virtually every house I lived in there, something happened, and it was... It was uh, corroborated by someone who would lived there before, so that kind of got me, got me thinking, and I started basically collecting the stories, you know, just jotting them down and everything, and and that and then when I left the Park Service, I became a writer, and it was another eight or ten years before I got the idea to maybe go, you know, take this to a publisher, and uh, that's when the very first Ghosts of Gettysburg book. Uh, was written and came out back in 1991, I believe. So it's been out for a while now.
6: Man, you are one smooth operator. What a pickup line. Hey, pst, get <laughs> have you ever heard any good ghost stories?
5: <laughs>
6: I've never heard well, that one before.
7: Know. Yeah, I don't know. I was about 14. I guess I probably was trying it out as a pickup
6: line. <laughs> mm-hmm. You devil, <laughs> but, you. But <laughs> it, it, it didn't
7: work. <laughs> And it still hasn't,
6: so. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to work, to work now because of uh, you know you're married to a wonderful lady. Carol is her name.
7: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, it didn't work on her either. Not <laughs> not how we, not how we uh, uh, got married or anything. But yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah she just had a birthday the other you're day, kidding. the other day on the on the 14th. Oh. Yeah, so um, belated happy birthday to Carol. And, uh, yeah.
6: Oh, well, I will pass it on. Please Rob. do. Thank Please you. do. Um, you've yeah. got, you and I have got a minute before we have to take our commercial break. And, you know, when I was a kid, you know, the pickup line was, what's your sign? What's Zodiac are you? And I, I realized that you don't use that, you know, they used to use that, that saying, you know, what sign are you? And I used to get stop yeah. while you're ahead. So then I asked, <laughs> then I changed it to, you know, what Zodiac sign are you in? You know, and, uh, who knows? Things have changed over the years, but ghosts are the constant factor. In reality, in this life that we live. And when we come back from this commercial break, Mark and I will be talking about ghost hauntings and things that go bump in the night beside the lifeguard that said no. This is The Exone. I am Rob McConnell. Mark Nesbitt is our very special guest, a good friend of The Exone. And um, his website, www.ghostsofgettysburg.com. This is the Exona I am Rob McConnell. Mark Nesbitt is my guest. We'll be back on the other side of the short break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the x radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Guildowiaka, X-1 Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the x broadcast network by calling 213-401 Zero zero eight zero, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone app or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call two one three. 401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. twenty-four seven, three
5: sixty-five.
6: I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder president
7: by donating at www.HolisticCancerFoundation.com.
8: Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good To Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers.
1: a Peaceful,
6: easy feeling. Then I know you won't let me down. Cause I'm
3: always
5: standing on the
6: ground. Exonation, my guest this hour is Mark Nesbitt. His website is www.ghosts of Gettysburg. Dot com. As a ranger, uh, what were some of the typical questions you'd get about ghosts and hauntings uh, in Gettysburg?
7: Well, we used to, I mean, working at the desk periodically, we would get someone that would come in and say, are there mm-hmm. any ghosts here at Gettysburg? In fact, it happened so often, we we had to ask the bosses, what wow. should we say? And uh, we'd say, well, you know, we, they told us to say, there. well, there are no ghosts, no such things as ghosts, and no no ghosts at Gettysburg, but then as soon as we told people that, we'd look around to see if there were any bosses, and mm-hmm. if there weren't, we'd be like, "Why? What happened?" <laughs> you know, we wanted to know. So um, that's actually one of the first stories that I that I got about Devils Den was was a woman that came in early in the morning and asked if there were any ghosts at Gettysburg, and told me an interesting story about how she'd been out there
5: mm-hmm.
7: earlier in the morning and uh, all by herself. It was just when the park opened, and she kind of got turned around in doubles devil's den and got, got out of the car. It was a pretty morning. She decided to take a picture. And as she's standing there, she um, uh, felt this presence. You know, she just got a feeling. And she turned around, and there was a man standing there. And he said, what you're looking for is over there. And so she turned to where he was pointing, and she says, well, wait a minute. What do you know what I'm looking for? And she turned back, and he was gone. And there was no place for him to go because Devil's Den. On top of Devil's Den, it's it's a large area with a lot of rocks. And so we asked her. She she we said, you know, what did he look like? Mm-hmm. She said, well, he kind of had a, a shoulder length hair, ragged clothes, barefoot. He looked like kind of like a bum or maybe like a hippie or something. Well, it, she didn't realize it, but she described a member of a unit called the First Texas. Texas was they were kind of proud of the fact that they were. Real ragged, and hmm. she didn't know either that he was um, that the first Texas was the Confederate unit that was credited with overrunning Devil's Den and taking Devil's Den from the Union soldiers. So, um, and you know, basically, what that was is it gave me an example of an interactive uh, or an intelligent haunting because he literally acknowledged her and then um, spoke to her. She heard him speak to her. So. At any rate, that was in one of my books, and I think it was in the first one, but it was a very interesting story.
6: Mark, something I've been meaning to ask you all the many years that you've been on the show, and I always forget, but I wrote it down when Stephanie told me you were coming on the show. What is the authority given to a park ranger? Do they have peace officer status?
7: Oh, yeah. We were uh, federal law enforcement officers, so be the same as— As,
6: uh, as a member of the um, FBI. Yeah. Wow. NCIS
7: and you know that type of thing.
6: Yeah, I hope. But,
5: you uh, yeah,
6: that's fascinating, you know. And I think that, I think that the members, of the rangers that work for the Park Service, are are unsung heroes because not only are you law enforcement officers, but you're also historians.
7: Well, yeah, that was the best part. That was to me the best part yeah. about the job. The winters were kind of boring, you know, driving around in a in a patrol car and raising and lowering the flags and opening and closing the cemetery, but. In the summertime, was fabulous because we had two, duty, two different duty stations each day.
5: Mm-hmm. And
7: so maybe in the morning, you would be giving uh, cemetery walks. You'd give four of those. And then in the afternoon, you'd be up on Little giving Top giving you know, 20-minute talks up there to the people and, and being basically on, on the duty station answering questions the rest of the time. So that was the fun part about the job um, that I enjoyed the most. But, of course, in, it kind of slows up a little bit. Um, in the fall, and they mm-hmm. put us on law enforcement. And that was never as exciting to me.
6: Well, you know, once once again, I, I really don't think that the people who have gone to national parks, whether it is a place like Gettysburg or a national park like Yosemite, really appreciate the great job that the members of the of the ranger park rangers services do. So, thank you very much for everything that you and the other members do.
7: Oh yeah, thanks. Well, it's been a while since yeah. I. You know, uh, been a park ranger, but they have uh, they they keep filling the ranks, and they have well, some really really smart and 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 helpful people out there.
6: You know, we've got a saying up here in Canada when you're when whenever you've become a sworn in peace officer, you're always part of that family, and never leaves you.
7: Well, I yeah, there's still a a good feeling when mm-hmm. I get. It's it's always nice to go to some of these other parks when you know one of my. Uh, colleagues from Gettysburg, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're, they're the superintendent or the right. chief historian or something, you know, those velvet ropes that they, that uh, everybody else has to stand behind, you know, we wait till the place is closed and the velvet ropes come down and I can go,
6: <laughs>
5: they
7: take me on a, on a special tour of the places. That's always nice. Is the
6: special tour different than the tour, the member of the public would get?
7: A little bit. There's some, there's some uh, things that, that people don't realize that, uh, uh, they probably don't want people to know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> they're a little bit. They're a little bit different, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a neat fraternity. And I still uh, have contacts with, with my park ranger friends from. In fact, the book that I did, uh, Civil War Ghost Trails, mm-hmm. I got to visit a couple of them. Uh, Terry Winchell, who is now the uh, chief uh, historian at Vicksburg, was uh, took me on an absolutely fabulous, fabulous tour. Of uh, the battlefield there, and uh, I asked him. I said, "Any ghosts here?" He says, "You know, I haven't heard a single." He's been here 15 years or so, haven't heard a single ghost story. And I asked him. I said, "Okay, what's what is the earth like below us? What's mm-hmm. the geology?" He says, "Nothing but silt." And that's you know one of the theories I have about Gettysburg why it's so haunted because it has the quartz-bearing ah. uh, granite there, and of course quartz is a is the master crystal. You, you know what, that Mark, holds,
6: that yeah. that holds the resonance, the memory. Correct, correct, You know, I've been doing this show for 26 years, and you're the first member of the paranormal research community that has ever mentioned that.
5: Hmm. Wow.
6: And it makes a lot of sense.
7: Well, yeah, it does. I mean, you know, it's, 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 at first you say, wait a minute, how can a crystal, mm-hmm. how can a rock hold... You know, well. uh, you know, electromagnetic or, or whatever energy. And, well, yeah, I'm sitting here in front of a computer, yep. and it's got a little piece of quartz in it, you know, uh, that's, that's that's holding all this stuff, you know, sil- silicon.
6: Well, of course, and, so, and, um, and, you know, you when you were a cop, uh, a park ranger and I was a cop back then, our radios had crystal channels. Sure, one sure. for transmitting and one for receiving. Watches have crystals in them, and the list goes on and on and on. So that is a perfectly, old, perfectly wonderful yeah, old, thing.
7: Old crystal radio, yeah, sure, exactly. yeah, it's, it, it is, it really is. And so, and I think that's why Gettysburg may uh, have be so haunted or have so many, at least residual mm-hmm. hauntings, because that, that granite is everywhere. I mean it's a part of the part of the buildings yep. in
6: town, so. Well, that you know what, like I said, hats off for you, you know, bringing that to the attention of the listeners. That is really a very interesting uh, point that you brought up. That's what I like about people like you, Mark. You think outside the box and you're not afraid to say what you think.
7: Well, sometimes it gets me in
9: trouble, but yeah. <laughs> yeah,
6: you're oh, right. Oh, yeah, I'm a member of that club too, buddy. Well, one day we'll exchange <laughs> war stories. <laughs> Um, what did Carol think? Were were you guys, was she into ghosts when you first met?
7: Actually, no. She was, um, she was a biology major at Gettysburg mm-hmm. College, right. and then um, she was in retail, and then she got into computers. So, that's about as, as straight and narrow, you know, in terms of, of organization yes. and, uh, uh, if-then clauses and stuff like that that you can get. So this stuff was <laughs> was pretty wild for her. But you know what? She has uh, uh, really gotten into it and um, has uh, actually created some of the weekends that we have shared with, with people uh, here in Gettysburg, our Mysterious Journeys weekends, and then now uh, our Haunted Crime Scene weekends wow. that uh, she's worked on. And uh, and her her forte, as far as the paranormal is concerned, is... is uh, is a uh, pendulum really she does fabulous pendulum work. And also uh, with uh, the uh, dowsing rods. In fact, uh, she did some really good work with dowsing rods, finding graves, finding even empty graves. There's apparently still energy left. Uh, we did that at Shiloh. She right. found, uh, 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 they, they lost a bu- uh, some, um, some graves there. And she thinks she may have found where some of the bodies are buried. So,
6: well, I know that whenever I used to deal with uh, with booking the guests, or now uh, my daughter Stephanie, who d- does the bookings, you know, your wife is always so congenial and so professional. It's a pleasure dealing with her, and it's great having you on the show. Oh, well,
7: thanks. Yeah, well, she's a sweetheart.
6: What was it like the first time she had a paranormal experience?
7: Well, that's a good question. I um, I think what I think it was kind of shocking. We mm-hmm. had one of our. Medium friends in,
5: right.
7: um, and he walked. He walked up to her. We were in our building, and she, I mean, she walked up to my wife and said, "Who's Charles?" Um, and he "She said uh, that would be my dad who has passed." She said, "Well, who's Louise?" She said, "Well, that would be my grandmother." <laughs> she said, "Well, they're both over there in that corner, and he's kind of smiling and laughing at you a little bit." He said, well,
6: that makes sense you wouldn 't understand why I got into this <laughs> wow you know the, the this this world that you and I deal with the paranormal is is a mixed match of every type of person imaginable. You have the professor, you have the researcher, you have the doctor, you have the lawyer, you have the retail salesperson, you have the uh, you name the lifestyle, and this person is involved. And the common thread is ghosts, what ghost goes bump in the night. Yeah. You have been doing this for a number of years. And how do you deal with the people that you've met who don't believe? And have you ever seen a skeptic turned into a believer right before your eyes?
7: Well, yeah, as a matter of fact. But, I, you know, I'm, I am a skeptic. I mean, I'm still a skeptic. I'm, it's getting harder and harder to, mm-hmm. to remain that way, but I'm more. I'm more. Uh, I want to know what this is. I'm looking at this kind of a, as an intellectual exercise. Now, it get, kind of gets thrown out the window when you, you know, you, you walk into a, a building and you see something there, or you hear a story that that uh, something was following you out this building when right. you know, like I did a couple of weeks ago. Ooh. Somebody told me that they saw somebody following me out. Nobody was following me. So
6: listen, you and I have to take our news break, Mark, always great talking to you. Um, Exo Nation, up. a great guy that we've had the pleasure of having you on the show over the years. His name is Mark Nesbit. His website is ghostsofgettysburg.com. That's www.ghostofgettysburg.com. And uh, later on, we're going to be telling you how you can actually meet up with Mark, take one of his tours. It'll be something that you will always remember. In a good way, Exxon Nation, in a good way. So once again, Mark Nesbitt is our guest, and Mark and I will be back on the other side of the news as we continue broadcasting from our broadcast center here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Pull over your cars Get away from that office desk Come on, grab that person next to you Not him, I meant her There you go (laughs) Are you getting in the mood? Is Patrick Swayze there? Whoopi Goldberg? Oh, come on, guys Use your imaginations You're so good at it, usually Hey, hey, hey Not so close This is a school gym, don't forget Alright, enough going down memory lane. explanation uh, Mark Nesbitt is our special guest this hour, and of course that was uh, Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers, the song from that wonderful movie with uh, Patrick Swayze and uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Ghost. If you'd like more information on Mark, his website is www.ghostsofgettysburg.com Mark, always a great pleasure having you with us in-house. Um, let, let, you know, you're still doing tours, right? And people can contact you and Let's say let's say somebody is visiting the United States and they've got fourteen buses filled with avid and eager tourists who would like to get a the best best ghost tour of Gettysburg. How do they contact you?
7: Well, the best way to do it is either probably with fourteen buses. You might want to <laughs> you might want to contact us ahead of time and. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, just give us a phone call at the uh, number that's on the uh, website, website yeah. and, which is ghosts of dot com. And also, I mean, you can make right actually, individuals can make reservations right there. There's a little calendar, and they mm-hmm. just click a couple of buttons, and and uh, they make reservations. And uh, we we're running seven nights a week now. My goodness, uh, this time all the way until um, uh, in the end of the fall, obviously through. October and uh, uh, up until uh, uh, Thanksgiving, so we're we're going full tilt now. It's, it's, uh, we're not fooling around anymore.
6: boy you you give him heck. Listen, when is, uh, is is Gettysburg more active when it comes to paranormal at certain times of the year?
7: Well, that's a good question, and I you know it's hard to answer because the anniversary of the battle, which is when you would think it would be very very active, yeah. paranormally. Is also the Fourth of July weekend. The battle mm. was fought July first, second, and third, eighteen sixty-three. So there are a lot more people in Gettysburg to witness anything, you know. So it's it's the old story. I mean, you know, would would there be as as much is, is there as much activity in the wintertime, mm-hmm. uh, But nobody there to see it. Nobody there to report it. Um, I mean, they could, the ghost could be having a party in December, and we'd never know it. But it's, we definitely have a lot of activity over the Fourth of July weekend. And, um, and it doesn't seem to uh, matter whether it's night or day. A lot of people want to go out on the battlefield at night. It's illegal to go out after 10 o'clock, but you don't need to. That's what people don't understand. I mean, that, that half, half the over 1,000 stories that I that I have collected for the books um, happen during the day. Wow. So it's a, a very interesting phenomenon that, I mean, there's no rule book for the ghosts that says right. oh, you can't go out unless it's night. You know, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So um, it, uh, it, 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 it's hard to say what time of year is uh, the the most active. I would imagine around the battle time, battle anniversary.
6: Mark, why is it illegal to go out onto the uh, into the park at night? Is it for insurance purposes?
7: Well, yeah, because of the uh, damage that could be done. I mean, one person, you know, with all that, we have two thousand monuments out wow. there, and they're all made out of stone or or bronze. Mm-hmm. You know, one one moron with a uh, ball peen hammer oh, yeah. could do hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage before anybody could get to them. So um, it's uh, that's that's the biggest thing, vandalism, oh. and, and it's happened. We've got vandalism vandals out there.
6: What has been your most significant? Ghost story that you yourself, personally, Mark Nesbitt has had at Gettysburg.
7: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I was um, on the board of directors of an organization that bought a historic farm called the Daniel Lady Farm in, uh, on, the, on the Confederate side of the battlefield. And it, it was used as a hospital. And um, there were there are blood stains from the battle that were in the front room because it was used as the operating room.
5: My goodness! And I
7: got a call one day from uh, one of the uh, from the caretaker, and he said, "Mark, if you want to see the paranormal experience before your eyes, come on out." Who can pass that up, right? Yeah. So I throw the gear in the car and I zoom out there and uh, get out. And I'm wondering, you know, am I going to open the door and stuff's going to fly out at me or something? Or what? But he met me at the door and he said, "Come on in." And we walked into, and I started my my video camera, and we walked into the um, uh, operating, what was the operating surgery room, and uh, he said, this was all cleaned up before, and this just appeared this morning. And I walked over to the, the, right in front of the, in the middle of the room, and there on the floor were long streaks of a rust-colored liquid with kind of like a clear, Um, serum on the outsides and drops of this rust-colored liquid that were already starting to crystallize. And I'm looking at this and videotaping it and I'm like what? And I'm looking at the ceiling I said, what is this? Did something a pipe break or something? He said, it just appeared. I said, well okay. And so I took um, I got a uh, uh, yardstick and I took some pictures
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in
9: That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores, so stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and AutoPay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. because they,
7: they were about four or five feet long, three or four of them, so... I said, do you have a, a tissue? Maybe I can get a sample of this. He said, sure. So I collected a sample, and I, yeah, I was there about 20 minutes, half an hour. I said, hey, my work here is done. I, I don't know what to say. He said, well, I, I don't know what's going to – I don't know how to clean this up, or, but i got to get out of here. i got to go out to the fields now and work out in the fields. I said, okay. So he left, and I left the place. About two hours later, I got a phone call from him, and it was just a couple of words. He said, it's gone. I said, What? He said, it's gone. It's disappeared. I said, what? I said, So I jumped back in the car, I zipped out there, walked in, and he said, if you um, smell a little something on my breath, he said, I came in here, I looked at this, it was gone. I had to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm okay, more power to you. So I have the video going, and we mm-hmm. walked into the room, right where this rust-colored liquid was. I'm videotaping, and he squats down, and he says, it was right here, and he's running his hand where it was. was he yeah. right here, right? I said, yeah. He says, what the heck? It...? And he picks up his hand. There's dust on his fingers. I'm like, w- how could that be? And so he said, I-, I don't understand him. Carol was there. She said, what about the samples? Mm-hmm. And so she ran out in the car, and the samples were intact. The original disappeared samples were intact. Wow. Now, the organization I belonged to that owned the place was pretty mm-hmm. well connected, so they sent the samples out to find out what the liquid was. And about three weeks later, the report came back: the 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 liquid, the rust-colored liquid, was blood. The species was human.
6: Unbelievable! All that
7: liquid was human blood, and it disappeared. And now you can you can go out there to this day and see blood stains. From the battle, that it's been 150 years, and no one's been able to get them out of that wood, and that stuff just vanished.
6: So here you have samples that you took from that living room that were that were still secure after the after the evidence on the floor had vanished. Correct. Wow.
7: Yeah, because I it has something to do with the room. I mean we removed the samples and they were intact but the um the blood that was in the room vanished it just and and i mean you know he he was amazed he said it was right here and he's got he's got a little bit of, of dust on his fingers so i know he didn't clean it up because you know obviously there would have been no dust there if he right. mopped it up or something
6: that's right unbelievable
7: yeah it was a it was really a freaky thing really one of the weirdest things that happened to me.
6: What about, uh, the, some of the people that you've taken on tours, have they come to you with stories that you hadn't heard before or, or witnessing something that you've been able to validate?
7: Oh yeah. Yeah. We had, in fact, uh, we had a, a group that was going past a place that is now an, an ice cream store, but it was there at the time, of, not the ice cream store. The building was there mm-hmm. at the time of the battle. And, um, they saw some activity inside. And the place was closed. It was after 5. So it was closed. Um, and they sent some kids over, and the kids came back, and the kids said, there's some soldiers in there. And they're like, what? And the kids were ice cold. When the kids came back, it was a hot August night. Right. Another group came by and stopped, and they were looking, and they saw the same thing. They saw one soldier leaning up against another guy acting like he was eating. No table, but he was sitting there like he was eating. So that's actually two groups, probably 40 or 50 people that were witnessing this going on inside this building. And finally, it was like, you know, this is a paranormal happening, but we've got to get back. We've got to end this tour. So they left. But that and, and the people on the tours have had weird, weird smells, you know, they'll smell like rotten eggs, yeah. sulfur, mm-hmm. which is actually the smell of black powder that, you know... Gunpowder. You don't smell too much anymore. You yeah. Gunpowder. And perfume, old-fashioned perfume they'll smell, which is what the women used in their handkerchiefs to keep the decomp from making them pass out. Yeah. But um, they still have experiences. What about outdoors. the what
6: about the restaurants, the hotels, the pubs, the bars?
7: I have stories from
6: virtually all of them.
5: Really?
7: Yeah, that, that yeah. That uh, people have seen things, or or things have happened in the hotels. One of the hotels, which is out near Camp Letterman, used where that used to be, which is the main uh, camp for the wounded, recovering wounded. Um, they built a hotel on it, and people have had door- drawers open in the middle of the night. Uh, things fly off their shelves and things like that. So, just your typical weekend in Yetis. Yeah, you know. typical weekend. Yeah. Uh, stuff fly around the room.
6: <laughs> why do you why do you believe based on your many years in Gettysburg as not only a a park ranger but as as one of the most prominent uh, people in Gettysburg when it comes to ghosts and hauntings and things that like go bump in the night? Why do you believe, Mark, these spirits, these ghosts remain? Well, um, you kind of
7: have all the things that uh, uh, produce ghosts there i mean a sudden death mm-hmm. a youthful death um the 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 men were uh, buried in unconsecrated graves there they were they felt guilty many times killing their fellow man their countrymen uh,
5: yes. so
7: all that combined you basically have the perfect storm that would uh, create ghosts and that all happened at Gettysburg. I mean, there are, there are also scientific reasons that they could be too, mm-hmm. because of the the electromagnetism being given off when when people die and when bones are broken. So there are a lot of reasons why um, uh, Gettysburg holds on to its, its its spirits.
6: And like you were saying, I would imagine that the the quartz also plays a big factor in this.
7: Well, yeah, when you're talking about the, the, the burst of energy that, that mm-hmm. has been scientifically proven that we give off when we die, the piezoelectricity when bones are shattered, like when a bullet hits them, that, has, that just flashes out. And when you, when you have 51,000 casualties, wow. you know, it's just happening over and over. That's like one every, every two seconds for the 24-hour. I mean, they fought three days, but they only fought 24 hours for that amount of time. That is a that's a lot of energy being released, and if it, if indeed it's captured by the quartz, the question is, what are the conditions that occur to have it release this energy again? And that's why we see or hear hey,
6: experienced ghosts. Mark, we've got to take our final break. Please stand by. Exonation. Mark Nesbitt is our special guest. All right, you've got the pencil and paper ready. Ghosts of Gettysburg. We'll be back. Don't go away. sense this product is a real winner to learn more about one two three ready tv visit our website at www.xzbn.net this
3: is the exxon broadcast network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers including cnn broadcast network Sirius satellite network star media good news radio network Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
6: Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Guilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now, No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213 213- Four zero one zero zero eight zero to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember two one three four zero one zero zero eight zero for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci fi radio programming anywhere twenty-four seven, three sixty-five.
2: True healing must address four levels
6: Now, That would have been a pickup song, Mark.
7: Yeah, now you guys are really playing the song. My song's here. Yeah. Spooky and <laughs> You I'm
6: know crazy. you know, Mark, for a while, I guess about two years, we just uh, the one of our so called geniuses here who's not with us anymore, said you guys should get away from the music. You know, play the play the commercial bumpers, da 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 I figured all right. Well, We started getting emails about six months ago from people saying, get the music back, get the music back, get the music back. So the other last week or the week before I I put out a call, whoever wants the music back, send me an email. Well, I think it was over nearly 33,000 emails that we received within eight hours wanting the music back. So the music is back. And so are you, Mark? It's always great having you with us. One of the questions that I get asked whether it be about Gettysburg, whether it be about uh, Waverly Hills. But let's talk about Gettysburg in this question. Has anyone on a tour ever been assaulted by a ghost?
7: Uh, not that I know of. Um, and I would have heard about it because, uh, you know, we're I'm, I'm, I'm still corrected with the tours and sure. everything. No,
5: I, I, I,
7: you know, I'm, we, you know, we, our stories are not, um set up like that and you know we're not um it, it just uh all the stories I've gotten are not there there's no violence that occurs to
5: mm-hmm.
7: to uh our regular uh modern day visitors uh there i mean there's scary stories and there's things that happen on tours that are scary right I'm trying to think if there's any any incidents in the uh books where someone the only one i I can think of didn't happen at Gettysburg it happened down in in at uh, Fort McHenry here in Baltimore. Oh
6: yeah, that's where the Star-Spangled Banner was written.
7: Exactly, yeah. yeah. A friend of mine was a uh, was a uh, an artist and he was um taking a tour he was going to do a painting of, of the bombardment of Fort mm-hmm. McHenry. And another friend of mine was actually the park ranger that was with him and, and and he was taking him down into the down some stairs and someone stopped the park ranger to ask him some questions. And my artist friend, he said, I got down to the bottom stair, and he said it felt like somebody hit me in the head with a two-by-four. Mm. I said, are you kidding? He said, no. I said, I went down on my hands and knees. And the ranger came running down and picked him up. He, he thought he'd fallen. He said, you all right? He says, where's the – he's looking around. Where's the piece of wood that fell out of the ceiling that hit me? And the park ranger kind of got a sheepish look on his face. He says, well, that's, that's our ghost. So he actually admitted it. He said, "We he's kind of nasty. And uh, they don't have a lot of information on him because – uh, no one was really killed in the bombardment there, except for after the bombardment, and there was a gun exploded. Right. Um, but a lot of guys were executed there, um, and and it was a prison uh, for, um, uh, I believe, um, a while. And so, you know that uh, that you know that may be one of the disgruntled spirits that seems to dislike people there.
6: You know, there's a lot of but not on Gettysburg. not on Gettysburg. Yeah and you were saying 52,000 people died in what was it uh, a 3-day period equaling 24 hours
7: well as a 51,000 casualties which okay. is killed wounded and missing about 6 to 8,000 left dead on the battlefield oh. after 3 days of battle but they didn't fight straight through for 3 days they you know it was broken up and and but total it was about 24 hours of fighting and actually when you when you do some simple division that that comes down to about one guy getting hit every two seconds for twenty-four hours. So I mean, while they were fighting, so My that gosh. was that, It was a pretty horrific event in anybody's life, and and you would afterwards you would probably felt pretty lucky to are get there, away.
6: Are there other national parks or battlegrounds in the United States that have the same amount of paranormal activity that Gettysburg does?
7: Well, like I said, I did the book. Civil War ghost trail. So I got a chance to see all the major battlefields Mm -hmm. of the war. Many of them do not quite as much, but of course I've been around Gettysburg a lot longer and it seems like Fredericksburg in Virginia has quite a few because uh, we did, we uh, did tours there and um, but they, they have the reason they probably have so many more uh, ghost stories is because there were four major battles right in that area. And all the battles sent their wounded uh, back to Fredericksburg to, to recuperate and recover, both Union and Confederate. So you had um, uh, quite a quite a bit of, of some of the worst activity in the war. But um, so I'm going to say that Fredericksburg was probably second, in, at least in my estimation of, of collecting the numbers of ghost stories. So, um, but all the all the battlefields seem to have their own. Uh, selection of ghost stories. I even found some for Vicksburg, even though Terry didn't recall any for the battlefield. Uh, I had some people who, uh, friends of mine, who had had experiences on the battlefield
5: mm-hmm. that
7: uh, Terry apparently wasn't aware of. And then, of course, in the town there, of Vicksburg, there are um, ghost stories too.
6: Has there ever been a time when a ghost from the past has tried to communicate with a member of the public in Gettysburg?
7: Um, unsolicited. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, we, in fact, it's interesting because uh, I did a, uh, a story on, on a, on a building in Gettysburg It's on the corner of one of the streets near the college. And, and it, it, the, the owner, uh, rents it out to female, uh, college students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did, did 20 years ago. Well, just as recently, uh, this past, um, spring, just past, past fall, we got a phone call from one of the women that was living there, and she said weird things are happening. Can you do you mind coming over and taking a look? So we did a mini investigation, and apparently, uh, first of all, they were, they were they heard knocking, so that it indicates that they were somebody was trying to communicate with them. And the weirdest thing is, they heard someone, all of them heard someone fall down the stairs. And they actually went out and looked to see if hmm. if any one of the, the girls had fallen down the stairs. Well, no one had fallen down the stairs, but I collected a story 20 years ago from these women. Say they, they said everybody heard someone fall down the stairs. Now, whether that's trying to communicate or not, I don't know, but it certainly is not a, a pleasant thing. And it happens, you know, it seems to happen, it's recurring. But I think the knocking on the on the door, I say, mm-hmm. or the room, I think, is a is a um, attempt to communicate. And of course, I have a lot of that in, in some of the other stories in Gettysburg as well.
6: How do we how do we rationalize that? Uh, spirit can't be seen; it's translucent. Apparently, has no mass or volume. How can it make a noise?
7: That's a good question. Um, I, I I don't know. You know, because ghosts are supposed to be able to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, walls, right? But you know, they're also able to move things, apparently, and so there, there may be some, uh, you know, he could say it, but an unknown force,
5: mm-hmm. something we're not
7: aware of yet, that can be used. I, I have, it's probably similar to something electromagnetic because we can detect uh, entities or weird, you know, anomalies using electromagnetic field meters. But it may also be some kind of energy that sets off the meters. That's 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 associated with electromagnetic. You know that isn't really electromagnetic, and maybe you know the old-fashioned spirit mm-hmm. energy. Um, but you know it, we do know that they can move things, and that the energy can be is palpable. It can be stored uh, in things. That's why you can get uh, psychometry. Right, going or why Carol gets the uh, the rods, gets a crossing when she gets over a, a, a an area that once held a body. So, but yeah, that's a good question, Rob. I I don't know why how why we can hear knocking, but maybe it's associated with that.
6: What projects do you have in the works, my friend?
7: Well, let's see. Jeez, this weekend we're going out to my old hometown, Lorraine, Ohio. And um, we're actually going to do an investigation of the hospital, which is now closed—the old hospital where I was born. Oh wow! And had some uh, had some uh, relatives die in that hospital as well. So we're going to be out there for that. Also coming up, we have um, our weekends that we've, we're, we're putting together uh, with the double day in at Gettysburg, November November third and fifth is a. I of a scavenger hunt and ghost investigation. We're doing that with a double day in, and then in April, we're doing our haunted crime scenes, uh, taken from the book by, by Catherine Ramsland and myself, where we have a, a crime that that has produced a haunting, and then we use paranormal means to add to the body Ooh. of 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 um, uh, detection of of invest of of um, knowledge that we have about the crime so that's kind of
6: fun those are always fun of course Sounds we always like have our tours going hey listen Mark uh, quickly let our listeners know how they can contact you my friend because we're nearly out of time
7: once again ghostsofgettysburg.com.
6: Mark take care of yourself and once again happy birthday to Carol
7: well, I will pass it on thank you Rob
6: you take care of yourself my friend Exonation. our guest this hour has been Mark Nesbitt once again www.ghostsofgettysburg.com I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news as we continue here in the X Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.